Hey, beautiful Saints Church, love you guys so much. Today, we're all having church together, and I'm excited about it. This message, I pray, is an encouragement to you. We've been praying for your church, praying for all that God is doing in you and through you. I know things are wild in New York City, but God is not surprised at all, and he's going to keep on helping you, empowering you, and pushing you forward. So today, let's open up our Bibles, and let's get ready to grow. Saints Church and Shoreline City together today. Love you all. Again, welcome to everyone online in the room. God is about to push us forward. If you're taking notes, the title of today's message, it's really simple. It's this, can I start over? Can I start over? The answer is an emphatic Yes, as we begin to open up the Bible today, and if you have your Bible, that's great. If you don't, we're going to put the words on the screen so you can follow along with us. But I want to encourage you, get one of these. Have one of these. Open this up even during this time of prayer and fasting that we're in as a church family. Let's lean in and ask God to do something powerful and significant in all of our lives so we do not stay the same we become who God is calling us to be. Uh, today we are about to learn about a character in the Bible that is, I, I think you're going to see yourself in him. I think whether you're a man or a woman, whether you're a teenager, single, married, uh, it does not matter. I think you'll be able to find a part of your life in his story. He only shows up in this one chapter of the Bible. He's nowhere else. I guess there's a quick mention of him. Jesus mentions, mentions him in the Gospel of Luke. Just really quick. But other than that, there's no other commentary, no other stories about this man. But his story, I think, is our story. And if he were alive today, he would be a Colin Powell, if you will. He'd be somebody of, of influence. He'd be somebody that'd be on all the news programs. Somebody that we would know, maybe no matter where we are in the world, we would have heard his name at some point in time. Go with me to the book of 2 Kings. 2 Kings, we're going to begin reading in chapter number 5, starting in verse number 1. Now Naaman was commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. Uh, when you go into the movies and they are bringing on a new character and they give you all this backstory around the character's life to kind of give you some texture and some context. If you like to read novels, you'll, you'll see the author will bring in the protagonist and will give some texture on, the, on his or her life. This is what's happening here in 2 Kings chapter 5. We have the, the, the main character, if you will, or an important character in this particular chapter. His name is Naaman. He, his name actually means pleasantness. That's nice. My name means nobleman. Our oldest son, Parker's name means keeper of the parks. So we don't know what that's going to mean for his life in the future. But <laughs> we like the name. Regardless, I don't know what your name means, but his name means pleasantness. Now, now this guy is very, very influential. Uh, he is someone who is not in charge of the company. He is over a vital division in the company. He's the commander of the king's army. 
This individual who's the commander of the king's army has had a lot of favor on his life. I imagine that he is strong. I imagine that he is buff. I imagine that his shoulders are broad. I imagine when he walks into a room, he commands everyone's attention. I imagine that this individual, he's like, he's like that guy. Or, or that girl. He's the ones that we see on Instagram that we're trying to copy how they take their pictures. He, he's the Kylie Jenner type. He, he's someone like The Rock he, who's doing all of his workouts and his thighs are so massive. And you're like, why? How can any human being even look like that? He, he, he is someone that all of us might want to be like. If you're into basketball, maybe he's a Steph Curry or LeBron James. If you're into football or soccer, as, the, as we call it in America and you're into Ronaldo, maybe he's like that guy. He is the individual that everyone looks at, and they're like, oh, yeah, there's something special about him. When he's walking through the halls of the office, people whisper, Psst, that's Naaman. He's the one that saved us 38%. He's the one that took the company from here to there. He's the one. He's the man. Everybody wants to be like this guy. He's the dad that doesn't have the dad bod. <laughs> He's the mom that looks like her kids are always well behaved at all times. And you know when you look on Instagram like I do and the filters are perfect and the poses are... This is a perfect. I do want to know who started the bathroom selfie. Who did that? That's the dumbest thing people do. I just, if you do it, no problem. I love you so much. But you're like, what? No, we all do it. No, it's okay. I don't care that we all do it. It's dumb. This is, this is, I just, I just went to the bathroom. Wash my hands. I went to the bathroom, y'all. <laughs> Hashtag potty. You know, why, why? We don't need to know that you're in the bathroom. I've taken a couple of these pictures and sent them to my wife. We're like, honey, why do people do this? I don't know. I'm old. I recognize that. But this is the one that you look at on Instagram. Everything's together. Everything's perfect. Everything's tidy. All the T's are crossed, the I's are dotted. The Bible is perfect next to the coffee, next to the pen, next to the devotional, next to the napkin, next to the puppy, next to... Everything is perfect. It's curated. But you don't know that this guy... He has leprosy. This guy has a problem he can't fix. We see the Instagram. We see him making the shots. We see her leading the company. We see the stuff that everyone wants to celebrate, but we don't see that they have to leave for 10 minutes to take their medication, and they're, they're hoping that they don't throw up in front of everyone because this medication is just messing with their stomach. 
This is the one that it looks like everything is great on the outside, but you don't know that their spouse has chosen career or kid over connection and intimacy. So it looks good on the outside, but at home, things aren't right. This is the one where things on the outside, man, the filter is perfect. The body looks good. The house is immaculate, but at the same time, you don't know that he or, that he or she is sending money to their bipolar mother who's institutionalized right now and keeps on spinning venom at him or her all the time. You don't know all the stuff that's on his or her shoulders. We have no idea that he's battling this stuff behind the scenes. We're all like, we want that life. Give me that life. That's who I want to be. But if you get that life, you also get leprosy with that life. There's some other stuff. You don't see that he's always wearing long sleeves to cover up. I don't want people to see what's actually going on. He's a commander of the army. His life Looks like it's perfect, but it's not. Fame and power, it does not rid us of all problems. I would rather have money than be broke. But then you see people with a lot of money, and they still look broke. So, so what is it that can help us? Get our lives in order. Well, well, Naaman thinks, like you and I would think, if my one problem can go away, my one problem goes away, then I'm good. Then I'm good. I'll do what I need to do to get rid of this problem. Verse number two, look at this. We find out that Naaman's married. This Syrian commander of the army, he's married now, bands of raiders from Aram had gone out and had taken captive a young girl from Israel, and she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, if only my master would see the prophet who was in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. I'll let you read the, the following verses a little bit later, verses 5, 6, 7, 8. Uh, you'll see that Naaman hears about this. The, how, this is how it usually works, too. Somebody tells the wife, and the wife tells the husband. <laughs> Daniel, you got that to look forward to in the rest of, for the rest of your life. And it works, too. Husband, stop fighting against what your wife tells you. I didn't get a big enough amen on that one from the ladies. I just, yes. So glad I brought my husband today. <laughs> he, the, 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 the servant tells the wife, the wife tells the husband, and the husband hears it. Naaman hears it, and he's like, okay, great. I'm going to go to my boss. He goes to his boss. He says, hey, king, I just heard that there's somebody down in Israel who can take care of my problem. If I go to Mexico, uh, I, they, they have this treatment down there that they're not doing in the States. If I, if I go over to Europe, there's a treatment. It's not approved here in America yet, but they're doing it there in Europe. And people are getting all types of great 
results. What I need is I need you to give me some time off so I can go. And the king hears this. He's like, yeah, man, you're a great employee. I love you. I want to do all I can to make sure you are taken care of how much time you need, how much money you need. You go ahead. And Naaman goes and he gathers a whole bunch of money. Imagine someone said to you, hey, all you got to do is go down and have this meeting with this one person and all your school loan debt is paid off. All of it. Just think about that. All your school loan debt, gone. Sounds good. Imagine you don't have a car payment anymore. Want to try to sell your car? Can't sell it because you got a bad deal when you first got it. Now you owe $3,000 more than the car's even worth. <sighs> In a house you can't afford it, living, and somebody says, hey, I'm about to take care of everything. I'm about to wipe the slate clean. You've been going to doctor, to doctor, to doctor. I'm telling you, you go to this one guy, you go to this one person, everything will be fixed. Well, Naaman's like you and me. Of course I'm going to do it. I'll at least give it a try. So he gets his money together. He gets uh, gifts together. And he goes down like Santa Claus, and he's heading down to Israel. And he gets down there, and he talks to the king of Israel, and the king of Israel reads the letter, and the king of Israel rips his clothes. He's like, what? Why are you asking me to heal you? I don't heal people. I can't do what you're asking me to do. And, and Elisha the prophet is at home. I don't know what prophets do at home. But somehow, somebody in the palace sent Elisha a text, and they said, hey, man, listen, King Joram, he's freaking out right now. Ben-Hadad II from Syria sent down Naaman. Naaman is here right now talking to the king, and the king uh, is, is really aggravated. He's tearing his clothes because he knows he can't heal this guy, Naaman. And this guy, Naaman, it's really, really important. So what do you want us to do? And Elisha's like, hey, psst. <laughs> Send your boy to me. <laughs> so Naaman grabs his chariot. We'll pick it up in verse number nine. Right, right here, verse number nine. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. Now he's at Elisha's crib, and Elisha sent out a messenger to say to him, go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan, and your flesh will be restored, and you will be cleansed. Wait, you're telling me all I have to do is go wash a little bit? Wait, you're telling me I've had this problem for this long, and this one thing is going to fix me? Okay. I think any of us in here, even if we're a little bit skeptical initially, we're like, uh, okay, you're telling me all school loan debt is gone, but all I got to do is have this one meeting. Uh, okay, I'll go to a meeting. I'll try it. I'll, 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 I'll at least attempt. So here is Naaman. His opportunity is here. Let's do it. Let's go. But Naaman is a little bit like me and you. And he had a different picture in his head. He didn't think it was supposed to go down like this. 
He didn't think he was supposed to be 28 and still single. He didn't think he would be married for five years and still not have a kid. He didn't think I would have invested this much into the company and still have so little to show for it. He didn't think I would be following God this long and still have this same problem in my life. He had some different expectations. And you and I read these in verse number 11. But Naaman went away angry and said, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God. Wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. Are not Damascus, are, are not Abana, Farpar, and the rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in a rage. I gotta push this back here a little bit. Look, he, he hears he has to do this simple thing. But he's upset because the, the prophet didn't even come out and talk to him himself. He sent the servant. So it's now he's feeling disrespected. He's like, well, okay, I'm here to see the prophet. You know, where's the prophet? Uh, I'm sorry, sir. He's, uh, uh, he, he's, he, he can't see you right now. What do you mean he can't see me right now? I'm naming. <laughs> Tell him I'm naming. Tell him I'm the commander of the king's army. Tell him I'm running things. And, and he's like, uh, sir, I, I actually told him all that. But, uh, but he... It's just me, man. It's just me. And no, no, no. Go get him right now. I, I, I can't get. He's the prophet. He just sent me to tell you this. I just need you to know. Go dip in the Jordan seven times, and then you'll be cleansed. And Naaman's like, no. Um, I want, I'm, not, I'm not getting cleansed on his terms. I want to get cleansed on my terms. I'm not getting cleansed the way he expects me to get cleansed. I'm getting cleansed the way I expect to get cleansed. Doesn't he know that the Jordan River is dirty and nasty? Does he know that where I'm from, there are even cleaner rivers than the Jordan? But he wants me to go down to some nasty river and dip myself seven I'll dip him seven times. He sees in his head that the prophet was supposed to come out. We do this. We do this. Hello, Naaman. The Lord loves you. He will now heal you. If I go to church this Sunday, It'll be the right song at the right time, and I'll begin to weep. And when the, the cymbals begin to play, I'll feel goosebumps, and I'll be healed. I'll be worshiping the Lord, and all of a sudden, he'll tell me which way to turn, and I shall see my husband. He'll be worshiping. The Lord will speak to him. He shall turn. He shall see me. Now it's Shakespearean language, right? He shall, thou would see me. We will look 
they will, we will wed on Sunday. The Lord hath spoken it. Did you have an idea in your head how it's supposed to go down? Don't you have an idea in your head how your life's supposed to look? Don't you have an idea in your head how your friendships are supposed to be? Don't you have an idea in your head how your family's supposed to be? Don't you have an idea in your head of what your money's supposed to be right now? And God has the power to do it all in a second, but still he wants to ask us to go do this other thing over here. No, God, I'm not doing it the way you want me to do it. I want the cleansing on my terms. What I have found... I have found that what Naaman is struggling with is the same thing you and I struggle with. We want it on our terms. Can I just say, we even live in a day and age where people want the cleansing of their soul on their own terms. So we say, hey, I'll get cleansed by this surgery. I'll get cleansed by drinking. I'll get cleansed by partying. I'll get cleansed by my bank account elevating. I'll get cleansed by the promotion. I'll get cleansed if I'm in relationship with these right people. I'll get cleansed if enough people follow me. I'll get cleansed if I make this team. I'll get cleansed if everybody knows me. And in our brains, we are pu we're, we're putting our cleansing in the hope of this other thing but God says, my friends, if you actually want cleansing, it does not come from any of these things. It doesn't even come from religious activity. I have seen people try to give themselves fully to religious activity, thinking the activity itself will cleanse them. That is not how you and I get cleansed. It is not promotions or surgeries. It's not religious activity, my friends. It is Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone that gives us the cleansing of our soul that we need the path to cleansing my friends it's not paved on my terms it's not paved on your terms Jesus God said I've, I'm, I'm giving you the terms the terms of Jesus those are the terms I'm not changing the terms now I know in our day and age we like to try to change the terms you can't change the terms Jesus said I am the way the truth and the life no one gets to the father except through me well, I don't like those terms. Those terms are narrow. My friends, I'm telling you, his arms might have only been about, I don't know, six feet wide, but they are wide enough to encompass all of human history for all time, to touch every soul and every life. And those arms outstretched are enough to hold everything together. In him is the fullness of the Godhead dwelling. He is full. He is enough for your cleansing and my cleansing. I I wish we would stop chasing around after thing after thing, trying to think, think this other thing is going to make us whole. It will not make you whole. Better behaved kids will not make you whole. Better grades will not make you whole. More money won't make you whole. Hey, I want my kids to behave. And yes, I hope you get the best grades you possibly can. And I hope you have all the money in your bank account you want to. But my friends, as long as we continue to put our hope in something other than Jesus, our hope is misplaced. The terms are Jesus. And he's available to all of us. Jesus says, you got, you got to come my way. But this man, standing at the door, knocks. The servant comes out and tells him, this is all you got to do. He turns away. 
and he starts to walk a whole other direction. He walks away from his breakthrough. He walks away from his answered prayer. He goes the opposite of the very thing he was asking God for. He turns. says, I'm not doing it that way. I am Naaman. I'm the commander of the army. And what we do is we don't make it maybe, we're not popular, but we say things like, doesn't the Lord know of all that I've been through? Doesn't he know how many people have hurt me? How many people have bothered me? Doesn't he know all the offense and all the, the difficulty? Doesn't he know about the abuse that I have experienced as a kid? Doesn't he know all that? Then he should make this easier for me. He should do it the way I want him to do it. And you can talk to enough people who will also hear your story and they too will think, oh, God better do it that way. If he doesn't do oh, man, oh, I don't know. I don't know what, if it was me, I, would, I wouldn't stay with him. Breakthrough right here, turn the other way. I have felt, I was, when I was working on this message, I felt like there were a number of us. Our hearts are like in the room or online. Our hearts are there. But there's, there's a, a part of us that we've turned. There's a part of our heart that is turned and it's walking another direction. Walking away from what God is asking us to do. Walking away from the purpose that he has for us. Walking away from the calling, the breakthrough, the destiny. Because our expectations were, it was supposed to look different. Well, maybe it's not even expectations, it's just pride. Pride's a killer. You don't even know you have it. That's how slick pride is. Pride is so elusive that when you're like, I'm not in pride. Pride's like, <laughs> got him. Pride is so sneaky that it can, it can talk Bible. And it will sound so spiritual. It will sound even like common sense. But it's pride getting in there saying, no, 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 turn. I'll just turn. So he is standing here. And he turns away. It's one of the things, that, one of the reasons the prodigal son story is so powerful in, in Luke chapter 15. And you can read it sometime this week if you'd like to. There's the story of a lot of lost things in Luke chapter 15. But there's one son who ended up turning from his father. There's actually another son that turned from his father too. He just stayed in the house. So you can be in the house. You can go another direction. But either way, your heart has turned. And I just wonder if God today, actually I don't have to wonder. I know God today is saying, hey. Hey, stop. Stop. Stop walking away. 
from the call, the purpose, and the destiny that I put on your life. Stop. Stop. I know you're angry, and I know I saw, you saw it going another way. Stop walking away from me. I have a promise for you. It does not look how you thought it would look. But I have something for you. Stop walking away. See, in this passage of Scripture, he actually has, uh, he has some friends that, that talk to him. Because you got to have the right friends in your life. The right people in your life will have everything to do with whether or not you're able to fulfill the call and destiny on your life. If you have the wrong people talking to you, the wrong people will have you walking the wrong direction and have you walk, walking off a cliff of destruction. You're thinking, well, my marriage doesn't look the way I want it to look. I'm just leaving. And if you get the right people, the wrong right people, oh, girl, I leave too. You know men are dogs. You know... That friend, this is no shade here, has been in 38 different relationships. Has been hurt so many times. And this is the place that you go to get the wisdom and counsel you need to determine whether or not you ought to stay in that marriage? No, 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 no. You need the right voices in your life. Look, look at this, look at this. He has in verse number, verse number 13, name and servants went to him. And they said, my father, I like the respect. <laughs> uh, excuse me, sir. If the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more than when he tells you wash and be cleansed? The right, I wrote it down like this. The right voices are God's grace to help write the right story. If you get the right people in your life, there are some of us, we have walked away from church. They didn't call me, expectation. They didn't reach out to me. They, didn't, they weren't there for me. They posted this. They didn't post that. They said this. They didn't say that. They went here. They didn't go there. I was sick and nobody came to visit me. Wait, I thought there were 16 people that came to visit you. Yeah, but this one person didn't call me. I have seen too many people over 2020 and 2021 allow their expectations of what they thought it was supposed to be be the thing that turns their heart away and has them walking another direction. And you think it's just about you, but your kids are watching you. Your friends are watching you, and the enemy's cool to play the long game so that you think you are right and you know what, what should have been done, and it probably should have been done. But here we are still going the wrong direction, and I just want to be a right voice in your life. I am not perfect. I promise you I'm not. I will fail you at some point in time. But my friends, God in this moment has put me in your life to say, stop walking the wrong direction. Stop walking away from your destiny. Stop walking away from the breakthrough. Stop walking away from obedience. Stop exactly where you are and turn around and do the last thing that God asked you to do and you do it by faith. 
Look at this in verse 14. Verse 14. Look at this. Okay. I'm all done. I'm about to be all done. You're about to get out of here. Go get some lunch. Those are at home, you're like, I'm eating my lunch right now. So <laughs> chomp on your bologna sandwich and listen to verse 14. Does anybody even eat bologna anymore? I don't know. I don't know. So he went down. His servants told him to stop. So he stopped. He stopped going the other direction. So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times. As the man of God had told him, and his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. His breakthrough was always there. It was right there. He was actually willing to walk away from it. But someone stopped him. He goes and does the thing that God had asked him to do. And he receives the thing that he was praying for. But I like that he didn't get it on the first dip. He didn't get it on the first dip. It was the seventh. Don't we all want it on the first dip? <laughs> Do we all want it on the first? I gave the heaven to earth. Okay, God, get rid of every, all the problems in my life. Okay, I prayed. God, fix it all. And we do it once. And we think once is enough for us to fulfill the plan and purpose of God on our lives. This is why I'm thankful for the older people that keep coming to our church. So older people, keep on coming. We need you. We need you. We need you. We need you. We need your gray hairs, bald head, hair in your ears. We need it all. Because you, we need some people in our life to say, uh, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed begging bread. And when I did see it, it wasn't the end of the story. It was, just, it was just a sentence in a long paragraph. It was just a chapter in a long book. It's not going to be like that forever. But you got to stay faithful to what God called you to do and keep on putting one foot in front of the other, even when it doesn't make sense. You need some people in your life. Don't get all your advice from a 17-year-old that's just started on the journey. You need somebody that's like, oh, I've been taking on my cross daily. Oh, you want my 25-year marriage, but you want it in a two-year relationship? I'm sorry, that's not how it works. You actually have to be married for 25 years to have a 25-year-old relationship. So here, here the man dips seven times. One time doesn't work. Two times. Doesn't work. Three times. Doesn't work. Four times. Doesn't work. Five times. It does not work. Six times. It does not work. It would make sense to all of us for him to go, I'm done. I'm so glad he obeyed all the way to the end. Because it was his follow-through that helped him receive the breakthrough that he was trusting God for. And in our day and age, if it ain't quick, we ain't doing it. 
and it's, it's, it's hurting and hindering our maturation, our development. We can't expect an oak tree to become an oak tree in just two weeks. It takes years for it to reach its potential. Can I just tell you, God is not done with you yet. This seven times shows up a number of times in Scripture. A bunch of times. Seven times he dips here. If you, you can read this later, 1 Kings chapter 18. There's a drought that's happening. And the prophet says, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. But it's just a drought. There's no sign of rain. The prophet goes, gets on his knees. He bows down and he prays. He sends his servant up the mountain. And he says, report back to me what you see. The servant goes up the mountain. He doesn't see anything. He comes back and says, prophet, I don't see anything. Prophet says, go back. Uh, I, I just went. I, go back. Well, I don't see anything. Comes back. Prophet, I don't see anything. Prophet says, go back. Guess how many times the prophet sent him back? Seven times. Fast forward to the book of Joshua. In the book of Joshua, you will see that the children of Israel are about to win their first battle. They're fighting against a place called Jericho. They have to walk around the walls of Jericho. Guess how many days God asked them to walk around Jericho? Seven. On the seventh day, guess how many times they had to walk around Jericho on the seventh day? Seven. Go all the way to Genesis. You will see in Genesis, God created the world in six days, but then on the seventh day, he... Over and over and over and over and over again in Scripture, we keep seeing this seven number pop up. It's God announcing to us what we read in Philippians chapter 1, verse number 6, that he who began a good work in you, he is faithful to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. It is what Jesus said on the cross. It is finished. It is an announcement that I have the ability to complete what I started. And I felt God drop this in my heart for our church family and everybody who's watching. I felt him drop in my heart. I will finish what I started. Don't leave before I'm done. I will finish what I started. Don't leave before I'm done. I will finish what I started. Don't leave before I'm done. I will finish what I started. Don't leave before I'm done. I will finish what I started in your marriage. Don't leave before I'm done. I will finish what I started in your mindset. Don't leave before I'm done. I will finish what I started in your business. Don't leave before I'm done. I will finish what I started in your soul. Do not leave before before I'm done, I will finish what I started in that community. Do not leave before I'm done. So if you're walking the wrong direction, can you start over? Can you start over? You can. You can. You haven't messed up too much. You haven't smoked too much. You haven't hurt too many people. You know, our, our services, we send them uh, uh, each week to individuals that are behind bars. Every week, prisoners. People behind bars. Get what we're all getting here. Now, we're at home or at our White Rock campus, and 
and we're able to go where we want to go. But there's some individuals sitting behind bars right now that are, that, are, that are seeing this, hearing this, and wondering, have I gone too far? But if you read the scriptures, you will see there's a lot of people with felonies that God used for an ama to do amazing things. You will see that Moses killed somebody, then God still turned his life around and did something significant with him. I'm just telling you, not one of us, even if you're in prison physically or if you're in prison mentally, if you're in prison financially, if you're in prison emotionally, today is the day God's saying, stop walking away, turn and obey. Do the thing I'm asking you to do, and my grace is sufficient. My power is made perfect in weakness. I want us to decide right now as a church family, all of us, that we're going to be seven dip kind of people, okay? Not just double dip, okay? Not just two times. I just want to decide right now we're going to be seven dip kind of people. You're just going to have to decide right now that you're going to take up your cross daily and follow Jesus. That you're not just following Jesus because it's trendy or it feels good or because you just want to go to heaven. It's because you want your whole life to be surrendered to him and you want to live for his glory because you understand that you were separated from him but his love and his mercy came your direction and you and I cannot help but give him our everything. If you wouldn't mind, friends, do me a favor, bow your heads online in the room. If you're under the sound of my voice, you've never given your heart and your life to Jesus. You've never made him first. You've never made him number one. If you're under the sound of my voice right now. You're saying, man, I, I'm going my own way, doing my own thing. I don't want to do my own thing anymore. I want to I do God's thing. I don't want to go my way. I want to go God's way. If that's you, you've never given your heart to Christ or at one point in time you did and you slipped away. And today you're ready to give your heart and your life over to Jesus. I'm going to ask you at home or in the room to do something simple but something bold. I literally just want you to throw your hand in the air and say, yes, that's me. I want to give my heart and my life to Jesus Christ. Ready? One, two, three. Just put your hand in the air. You're saying, yeah, that's me. That's me. I'm doing it today. Today's the day. I'm responding to God's grace and I'm saying, yes, today's the moment. We got friends all over raising their hand right now saying I don't want to go my own way anymore I want to go his way I'm going to ask everyone under the sound of my voice do me a favor put your hand over your heart if you would not mind and I want you to repeat this prayer out loud after me say dear Jesus I ask you to forgive me of all my sins I admit I've made mistakes and today I give you my heart I give you my life Give me the power to live for you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Can we lift our heads up? Come on, church family. Clap our hands with enthusiasm. No, clap our hands with enthusiasm.